0: First thing in the morning, it's First Thing on WJR. Here's Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. And uh, Renee, I cannot remember as busy of a news weekend as we've uh, had these past two days. I mean, there's so much news to get to that uh, it's overwhelming and, and I feel like we need two hours today.
1: But we only have one,
0: so let's go. You know what? I like I I like I like your attitude at, at 5.05 <laughs> on a Monday. Uh, let's do it! Well, you know, let's start with the positive. Your Detroit Lions are tied with the Eagles, the 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Dolphins for the best record in the NFL.
1: That is unbelievable. Are we dreaming? Are we awake on this Monday morning? It's amazing
0: how different a good season feels for the Lions than a bad season. I mean... Um, your Sundays are busier because you have to you, you have to actually watch the games normally. Um They're normally not out of it by this time. But, you know, usually after a Halloween, you can kind of skip skip the Lions games because they're not really in any contention. You can do the cider mill. But uh yeah. but it, and it feels like such a communal experience now because it, it literally feels like you know Saturdays were divided between Michigan and Michigan State but it feels like we're all having this communal experience yep. on Sunday especially if you you know I'm I'm a I'm a social media scroller during right. the game um I have a new fashion icon uh in addition to Sean Fain uh Aiden Hutchinson showed up yesterday wearing the Jared Goff um Amon Ross Saint Brown uh step brothers t-shirt
1: he did. Yeah. I didn't see
0: that. Yeah, it's it's the the movie poster, and instead uh, they they have their faces superimposed over John <laughs> C. Riley and uh, and uh, Will Ferrell. I'll so to check that out. Um, not the most exciting game. I'm not a big defensive battle guy, uh, but it's nice to know that the the defense is now an asset instead of a liability. Um, David Montgomery went down with a rib injury. Um a little early and that that made me a little nervous, but uh um, you know, Ben Johnson and the offense seemed to find a way. Craig Reynolds had the block of the century on that Amon Brown uh, Ross St. Brown touchdown. And uh Jameson Williams continues to be a roller coaster. He dropped an easy first down. Two plays later he went fifty yards for a touchdown, and uh we got the Ravens up next, so so let's go.
1: Did you notice that it sounded like a Lions game?
0: What do you In mean? Tampa,
1: you could hear him going, let's go, Lions, let's go.
0: It's funny you say that because I remember on Monday, guy was making reference to a lot of uh, people at Metro Airport going to Tampa, uh-huh. and I said, I said, you know, people aren't going down to Tampa for for Lions, but but he's right. It, they traveled really well, and there was a big there was a big uh, swath of Lions fans right oh, yeah. there in the front row, Honolulu
1: blue all over the place.
0: And uh, like I said, this this year fe- does not feel like we're we're being set up for for a letdown. So. Um, like I said yesterday, uh, a bit of a boring game, but it's good to win these boring games.
1: It's a, it's a win. We'll take it.
0: Um, and then of course the big story that we've been, uh, covering, uh, since last week is, um, what's going on in Israel, the, the war between them and Hamas. And we're starting to see, uh, quite a humanitarian crisis, uh, um, materializing, Renee.
1: Yeah, hundreds of thousands of panic Gazans fleeing south in response to Israel warnings struggled to find food and shelter on Saturday in an intensifying humanitarian crisis with nearly half of the population displaced of dwindling supplies of food, water, and medicine. The Israeli military gave its clearest indication yet that its troops are preparing to invade the Gaza Strip, announcing that troops were preparing for a significant ground operation as part of an integrated and coordinated attack from the air, sea, and land. The vaguely worded announcement did not say when the assault would begin. Uh, In Gaza on Saturday, the highways heading south were packed with vehicles piled high with blankets and mattresses. The U.N. agency that aids Palestinians said that access to water had become a matter of life and death in the blockaded territory, that nearly one million people or close to half of Gaza's approximately two million residents have been displaced since the fighting began a little over a week ago, and it's so hard to believe that this has only been going on a little over a week.
0: I know, and um, you know, it seems like the United States—I'm um, sorry, Israel—I um, I thought their ground invasion was going to start by now. I know that at first they gave 24 hours mm-hmm. notice, then they gave six hours notice. I guess weather is 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 a factor. Also, um, we heard during the top of the hour news that these humanitarian corridors are open and the border between Egypt and Gaza is temporarily open. So hopefully that gets the innocent civilians out of the way. Um, I think a lot of us are, are, are having trouble kind of reconciling our feelings between shock and disgust at the brutality of Hamas's attack on Israel And being devastated for the the peaceful, innocent civilians of Gaza who are now stuck without food, water and power.
1: Well, every day you just hear these news stories, these gruesome stories that are coming out of there. And and you just you wonder as human beings, how human beings, how is this possible that you can do something like this?
0: Yeah. And and obviously you understand that Israel has to respond. Um, You know, they're employing violence to end the violence. Um, if they did nothing, the attacks from Hamas would continue. But, right. but that doesn't mean it's not a tragedy that that innocent people are going to be caught in the crossfire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, like Condoleezza Rice said last week on Fox News, Hamas is not representative of all of Palestine. They, they're no. a terrorist group within Palestine and not all of Palestine supports them. So uh, <sighs> so, um, you know, and, and we're going to talk about a local family later on. Um, who's stuck in gaza so um hopefully we 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 can get as many innocent people out of the way uh as we can but it's a it's a really sad reality of war that uh, there's going to be people who have nothing to do with this conflict who are going to lose their lives they're going to lose their loved ones um and they're going to lose everything um friday's day of rage was peaceful um about 150 pro-Palestinian protesters gathered outside the home of U.N. UM, UM President Santa Ono's house on Friday to take issue with a statement he made demount, denouncing Hamas's attack on Israel and calling them terrorists. There was a really big demonstration in Dearborn on Saturday. Thousands of pro-Palestinian demonstrators gathered there to call for an end of Israel's occupation of former Palestinians' land. And um, both of those ended up being peaceful. Um, So uh, tons of updates, the United States deploying another fleet of aircraft carriers to the eastern Mediterranean. Um, Unfortunately, a Reuters news crew was hit with rocket fire in Lebanon on Friday near Israel, Israel's northern border, killing one video journalist and injuring six others. And I know we were talking about it last week, Um, just, uh, you know, how nervous we get watching these live shots from from near the border and, um, you know, just hoping that no one gets hurt. Um when it comes to our journalism ranks and and unfortunately that happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and I think uh let's say, oh Russia. <laughs> so <laughs> Vladimir Putin and Russia are calling for a ceasefire. Uh Russia claims it maintains a good relationship between both Israel and Palestine, even offering to facilitate peace talks. Um and <laughs> what? <laughs> right. That was my reaction. Um <laughs> uh, it, you know, this is probably just them trying to poke an eye in the United States, and I guess a peaceful solution would be a peaceful solution, uh, although I don't know why Israel or Hamas would listen to Russian Russia more than any a, a, anyone else that they would listen to. You know to. it's
1: bad when Putin says enough. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys, let's call down this a bit. This is too much. <laughs> um, and then uh, back here stateside, Sean Fain called for no further strike targets Against UAW, but he says he's done waiting for Friday um, to call for new strikes. as evidence of last Wednesday when uh, he called for Ford workers at the Kentucky truck plant to walk off the job, saying that uh, new stand up strikes can be called anywhere uh, at any time. GM and Unifor, the Canadian Union, um, auto union there ratified a deal, and Jim Jordan has emerged as the next uh, candidate for speaker going to be a vote tomorrow i don't see an end to that in sight
1: no anyway definitely from. not
0: so uh there we go uh we're, we, we tried to catch you up on the biggest stories we'll be back it's first thing mike parsons renee vitale wjr the last thing each day is to set an alarm for the first thing with mike parsons and renee vitale on 760 wjr in a constantly evolving situation over in israel in their uh, war against uh hamas it seems like thankfully the Egyptian border has temporarily reopened all weekend. Um, Israel has been warning people to evacuate from northern Gaza to southern Gaza ahead of their ground invasion uh which which hasn't happened yet as far as we know uh twenty two hospitals have been evacuated in Gaza in the Gaza Strip. It's a huge humanitarian crisis, and Renee, there is a local family. Uh, that uh, went over there for a visit and finds themselves stuck there after the fighting broke out. Yeah,
1: a lawsuit's been filed in federal court on behalf of a Livonia couple in the Gaza Strip to help them return to the U.S. The lawsuit alleges the U.S. government failed to help its citizens escape the Gaza Strip amid the war. The couple, Zakaria and Lalia Alarishi, left for the Gaza Strip last month to visit family. Their plan was to stay a few more weeks, but that changed when their vacation spot turned into a war zone. The lawsuit accuses the state and defense departments of failing to help U.S. citizens escape Gaza as part of its efforts to evacuate Americans in Israel. The legal complaint requests an injunction be granted and the government provide the plaintiffs with immediate relief. The Arab American Civil Rights League helped file the lawsuit and stood with the family during a news conference. ACRL officials estimate upwards of 600 American citizens are trapped in Gaza now, the family says that the couple was told to cross at the Egyptian border, but were turned away. The family's in great danger. This is according to the family and ACRL. Uh, Miriam Shirara with the ACRL read a text message from the couple that read, they just hit the house next to us. We're scared. We can't go to the bathroom. We can't go anywhere. We don't have electricity. There's no water, nothing. I think that we are going to die before we leave.
0: Yeah, and 600 Palestinian-Americans stuck in Gaza. Absolutely heartbreaking. We're we're talking about this on Friday. You know, the the fact you know the, the operative word is Americans and the reason that they are Americans is because they were trying to leave that all behind. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to live here in peace among people who they would be fighting with back in Israel, back in Gaza. And so um, I, I think it just goes to show you how surprised everyone was about this attack from Alex Anzaloni's parents who who luckily have have come back um, from Israel, but you've got these 600 Americans over there, and uh, hopefully, with the Egyptian border opening, um, people can get to safety. Because um, you know, I, I think we all thought that this ground invasion was going to happen yesterday, and it feels like it's just a matter of time.
1: It's a hurry up and wait situation now because it literally it was a countdown, and then nothing happened.
0: Yeah, I I, I think I heard that they talked to some folks who were notified at like like 2 a.m. On, on Friday evening that said, get to the border by noon. Yep. And by the time they got to the border by noon, and, and I understand, it's probably a logistical nightmare, right? They're, oh, I can only imagine. They're scrambling. You have to make sure that people are screened. You have to make sure that uh, you don't have terrorists or co- covert <sighs> members of Hamas um, crossing with the innocent civilians. Right. So um, it seems like Israel... Whether it's weather-related, whether they're trying to get everyone out of harm's way, it seems like they're being very, very careful and very deliberate. But but it, 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 it it's imminent. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Saturday Night Live returned this week after nearly a half-year writers' strike. And, of course, there was a cameo by both Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Is
1: there anywhere that they aren't right now?
0: I, he had Sunday off, though, because his, his Chiefs beat the Broncos on Thursday. But... Uh, most of the but is about Pete Davidson, who is the host's cold open. And here's a little taste. It's not his full comments, uh, but I thought he made some salient points here.
2: This week, we saw the horrible images and stories from Israel and Gaza. And I know what you're thinking. Who better to comment on it than Pete Davidson?
3: <laughs> so, well, uh,
2: in a lot of ways, uh, I am a good person to talk about it because when I was seven years old, uh, my dad was killed in a terrorist attack so i know something about what that's like after my dad died my mom tried uh, pretty much everything she could do to cheer me up i remember one day when i was eight uh she got me what she thought was a disney movie uh but it was actually the eddie murphy stand-up special delirious <laughs> Oops. uh and we played it in the car on the way home and, and when she heard the things eddie murphy was saying uh she tried to take it away Um, But then she noticed something. uh, For the first time in in a long time, I I was laughing again. Um, I don't understand it. uh, I really don't, and I never will. But sometimes, comedy is really the only way forward through tragedy. Um, You know, my heart is with everyone whose lives have been destroyed uh, this week. Um, But tonight, I'm going to do what I've always done in the face of tragedy, and that's try to be funny. Um, Remember... I said, try. <laughs> mm-hmm. And live from New York, it's Saturday night. And I was actually watching this live.
0: And so, you know, this, this kind of caught caught you by surprise. I thought he did a pretty good job with that. He I did, too. He didn't get preachy. He seemed genuine. He seemed vulnerable and
1: nervous. I loved his story.
0: Yeah, I, he gave a little backstory saying, look, obviously I I I I am not going through what they're going through, but I've got some frame of reference. Right, of course. And uh you know, I he I think he spoke to the majority of people saying he doesn't understand it. He said what what he's doing there isn't that important in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, but it's it's the best that he knows how to do.
1: And and how he knows how to do it.
0: Yeah. And uh you, you know, I like I said, I've I've always found Pete Davidson more likable than funny, mm-hmm. and I think that came across there. There's a couple of laughs in there, and they were tasteful, but uh, I, I, I think he nailed that cold open. I, I, I do. Uh,
1: I don't think he could have done it any better, and I think he was the perfect person for the situation.
0: And I got to say, I'm not sure how to define SNL's cultural relevance at this point. I feel like it's more relevant than it's been in past years, mm-hmm. but obviously it's not as relevant as it was you know, through the mid-'90s.
1: no. No, but uh I, again, I think that they handled it perfectly. Um, I, I'm interested to see how <laughs> the season goes with everything that is happening uh, with with the politics, the the new cast. I didn't get, I haven't been able to watch, I didn't get to see this week's episode. Yeah. I did see that opening. I tried to watch it, but right now with all the streaming services, they're making it really difficult without me paying for it. Yeah. Well, they're
0: probably (laughs) trying to recoup the money they lost during the writers and the money they continue to lose during the, uh, um uh actor strike as Uh, well
1: uh, well they're doing a good job making you pay for it because i couldn't find it for free yeah
0: me either i i yeah i I guess you got to watch it live uh as it happens like the amish yeah the old-fashioned way (laughs) right lost a couple of iconic women over the weekend um we'll start with with suzanne summers i didn't know she died 76 Today would have been her seventy seventh birthday. Aw, sad. And I guess she's been fighting an aggressive form of breast cancer for for almost twenty five years. She
1: had skin cancer as well.
0: Wow. Yep. So I I mean, and and of course, you know, besides being an actress, she was big in like these these health and wellness products. And maybe the fact that she took care of herself when she was younger before she got sick, maybe that that helped. But um, she had
1: the thigh master. The thigh
0: master was iconic. And uh, you know my generation, Renee. I know her from Step by Step on TGIF.
1: You know, I watched that show, but for me, it was more Three's Company. Okay, and we're only a few years apart, so it's really funny to me.
0: I know. Well, you know, it was a different time back then. Yeah. Um. But I have to say, you know, I've um, I, I've been catching the the reruns of Step by Step. It's like a comfort show now. Mm-hmm. And you know, her comedic chops are very underrated. Um, you know, her timing, her delivery. She didn't really play, you know, she played a Ditz on, on, on Three's Company. She didn't really play a ditz on step-by-step. Step. She kind of played the voice of reason. I, 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 yeah, and, she
1: was a voice of reason mom, right? Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and, and looking back, you know, like uh, Christina Applegate is known as one of the great comedic actresses of our time. Jennifer Aniston. I think Suzanne Somers was right up there. I think she's underrated in that yeah, perspective. She
1: was a great actress. She was diverse. Mm-hmm. And she became an author later down, writing her health books.
0: And here locally, um, Florine Mark. I did not know Florine Mark was 90 years old. She's the uh, former head of Weight Watchers. She died at the age of 90. Yep. And, um, man, in the 90s, Weight Watchers was everywhere. Oh, yeah. And then it made a a comeback... you know, the point system, that was a movement. Everyone I knew.
1: How many points is that? Can I have that cupcake?
0: You're just sitting there. And this was before a smartphone, so people take out their little pocket reference. Little calculator, yeah. the
1: points calculator.
0: Um, I'll have a piece of lettuce and an ice cube. That's all my points will allow me today. Right. But I got to say, I, I think the coolest thing about Florine Mark's story is that I don't believe she even got involved with Weight Watchers until after her husband died.
1: Yeah, well, no, she was involved before he died. Um, but she she lost sixty pounds on mm-hmm. Weight Watchers, and then that's what made her decide to get involved with it. Um, so she was a philanthropist, a motiva- motivational speaker. I mean, she just she had had the largest franchise of right. Weight Watchers. Uh, she was in seventeen states. Including wow. Canada,
0: I think. But I think maybe she ascended to being the boss of Weight Watchers, yeah. which I think is great. I think that's a great testament to somebody kind of having a great second act after after you know great personal tragedy.
1: Yeah, she uh, always said, "Eat your fruits and vegetables."
0: Yeah, and maybe I, <laughs> one one of these days I'm going to start. One of these days I'm going to start. you to take her
1: advice. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I better hurry up if I want to live oh. to ninety as well. So rest in peace to a couple of icons. Uh, it's first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitalian WJR. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitalian. this is the uh, time of mourning that we like to drag in the JR Morning Crew and our shenanigans. Guy Lloyd and Jamie, uh, happy Monday, everybody. <coughs> happy <Fold> Monday. <laughs> down the we don't even Yay! have to ask anymore.
1: That's how you do it.
0: Here's not you know not to take credit for other people's hard work, but uh, we are five and one since we had Lloyd start singing the fight <laughs> songs on Monday. I <laughs>
1: hadn't thought <of> that. So <laughs> there's something to it. I don't know. We're just going to keep
4: doing it. They you keep winning. That's not stop. I'm telling you. But it was such a great game yesterday, and just to see the uh, Lions fans out there, I'm telling
2: you, every time they scored a touchdown,
1: I thought I was watching. The game at four feet. That's what I said. <laughs> the Let's Go Lions chants were unbelievable. I
0: know it was. It was amazing. It and was amazing.
1: It, and it's not like Tampa
0: is uh, a, a trip to Chicago or a trip to Cleveland, right? Um, you know, it's no, but it is a trip out of 40 degree weather, powerful
4: incentives <laughs> yep. in addition to the Lions. I, I
5: thought s- about this yesterday, though, when they were saying, you know, showing the fans and saying, well, the trip from Detroit is X amount of hours. There are Lions fans in Florida. Oh, there true. are Lions fans across the country. And I think this excitement brings them out. So not yeah. everybody traveled from Detroit.
0: Yeah. You- you know what i liked yesterday i liked the bucks wearing the orange creamsicle jerseys it felt like a, an old nfc central showdown from like the the 90s well they got creamed in their creamsicle.
4: that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right i think maybe retiring those would be a good idea
0: before david montgomery went down when he was cutting up on the inside juking and jiving it it, it almost felt like uh shades of of barry sanders back when we were in the same same division and then Unfortunately, he went out with a rib injury, but, uh, you know, truly is next man up. And, and that's, that's what's amazing about this team, Mike. That's why it defies everything
4: I've. So the last time that they were th- won 13 out of 16, I was three years old. Wow. Wow. Okay. They're I was playing in, at Briggs Stadium. I back was in preschool.
0: <laughs> I was potty trained, but only barely, <laughs> which you need if you're going to be a Lions fan. <laughs> and, and, and it's not like they overcame injuries against like, The Carolina Panthers, no disrespect, but um, not a lot of respect either. But uh, this was against a legit NFC um, uh, opponent. So I I think that, you know, defensive battles aren't always the most fun uh, games to watch. But I think this was one of our most quality wins of the season. And can we maybe uh, isolate that cut from uh, Lomas? I know we'll have Lomas later on today,
4: but uh, I was watching that Chicago-Minnesota game. And Chicago sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? what oh, was <laughs> tell, tell me about it. A certain someone I know had Justin Fields on his fantasy team. So, yeah. Uh, well, it, you know, they, that's they a bad are pick. awful. They're, they're, they're pretty bad. But man. there were some. Talk about step up guys. There are some step up guys on Minnesota. Sure. Absolutely. You know? And hey, props to Craig Reynolds, who steps in.
2: Block but, of the century. Block
4: of the century. I mean, was don't, never say quit. That's right. I mean there's it's so many beautiful and he also busted some good some good runs. Uh
0: I'm, I'm really going to miss offensive coordinator Ben Johnson next year when he has his pick of head coaching jobs.
5: Let's not worry about that. Yeah, just yet.
0: yeah let's enjoy it while, enjoy while we this can.
5: moment. And that's what happens to good teams. Yeah. So yep. you want to be in this echelon, that's what happens. That's, that's what happens.
0: just so lions of you, Mike. Yeah, well, uh, you know, yeah. there, 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 there's a lot a lot of years of, of pessimistic thoughts that have to be undone. Um, on, the, on the bright side, I'm glad to see that both renee and jamie survived the uh, taylor swift movie uh,
5: number one, screening yeah number one in the country i got a friendship
1: bracelet from a sweet little girl Aww. yes
5: we did Aww. emily Aww.
1: yeah yep she was very sweet she was handing them out to everyone that's mm-hmm. nice Yep.
0: I, th- I think the box office was 97 million dollars opening oh. weekend
1: yeah, they say official numbers are
5: coming out today, but you know, Swifties yeah. killing it once yeah. again. Of course, biggest
4: biggest uh, box offer for any uh, domestic concert film. So,
5: so what
0: was the what was the vibe there? Did were you guys getting trampled? Like, uh, you no. know,
1: it was a pretty chill crowd, honestly. From what what I saw on YouTube and and TikTok, our our group was a little chill. Yeah. It was yeah. an early showing.
5: It um, was. I thought that too, but they were dressed up. There were little yep. girls in tiaras and people all dressed up. <laughs> Some so serious thought,
4: glitter. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow.
1: Very sweet. Um, well, I took my stepdaughter and she saw the girls with the tiaras. She goes, oh, I forgot my tiara. You uh-huh. know <laughs> <laughs> I forget my tiara?
5: Friendship bracelet. Hers went all the way up to her elbow. We call them her
1: gypsy wrists. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, good. So, sounds like a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, a little... Uh, A a little uh, respite from uh, the negativity that's going on in the world, which uh, gets to be a bit heavy to cover. So glad everyone had fun. Glad we had a good weekend with the Lions. Jr. Morning coming up next. And you're back with First Thing Mike Parsons, Renee Vi Tally, your Monday morning edition.
1: The Federal Trade Commission proposed new rules last week that would ban junk fees and require businesses to disclose full cost of goods and services up front.
0: Susan Tompor, personal finance columnist from the Detroit Free Press, goes more in depth with Guy Lloyd and Jamie on JR Morning.
4: Hidden fees, and there are a lot of things we pay for. Um, it's a, a kind of a nickel here, nickel there, but there is billions spent with these hidden fees. Well, uh, the Biden administration has, and the Federal Trade Commission has, kind of uh, declared war on them. Also, we found out yesterday what your cola increase will likely be if you're a Social Security beneficiary. Susan Tompor is the personal finance columnist for the Detroit Free Press and joins this uh, this morning. Susan, good morning.
3: Good morning. Yes, it's those. So- Hidden fees and boy, consumers really can give you a whole list of ones that they don't like paying. Well, we've all got our favorites. I think end of it is
4: the go to a concert. Yes, yeah, that, that's maybe concert
3: the
5: or resort fees. Yes. Uh-huh. yes, hotels.
3: Doc documentation fees. I just got an email from somebody who said they were leasing a vehicle and leasing their or leasing a vehicle and then wanting to buy their own vehicle and. Uh, I don't know, it was $300 in a documentation fee from that dealer, and they said no. Uh, They were going to go to another dealer who didn't charge that fee. So um, there's a lot of... You know, part of it is it's it's at the end, and I think that's what the FTC is trying to do here. Um, it's uh, ele- It's been illegal in many areas to have uh, some of these deceptive fees, um, but this uh, new rule, it's a proposed rule, if it gets finalized, would add some regulation, uh, some enforcement piece, if you will, where there would be uh, fines and maybe a way to get consumers some refunds. Um, so it is interesting. I don't know really know how they enforce it because there's just yeah. – so many fees. I mean, I, I did a, a column around Mother's Day uh, where you had some sales on uh, delivering flowers to your mom. And okay, the flowers started out at 30, and then by the time you got to the end of it, it was 90. You know, a uh, special delivery fee for Mother's Day, even though the ad was for Mother's Day. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, you looked up an old ad or something, you know, so I think um, having it up front is is a good idea. Um, Probably companies have been uh, using this kind of uh, deception a little bit too much. Earlier this year, uh, the Biden administration has been looking at uh, airline travel and then apartment rentals, uh, where some of the. Uh, There's more disclosure there. Um, It's been a long time since I rented an apartment, but I didn't even realize that um, there are fees there that can shock people, like an additional fee for trash removal. Um, I I had never seen that in in an apartment, at least I don't remember when I was in in school and college. Uh, But that's something you have to be on the lookout for, too. And I guess some of these apartment rental sites are now uh, being a little more upfront and showing you some of these fees as well. Um everybody you know is under pressure now with this inflation and you mentioned cola and and I think that's why there's so much interest in this uh cola boost which is going to be 3.2% um because of the inflation and the higher prices. So I think they kind of connect, you know. Uh you mentioned it's just, you know, a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there, but it really adds up, it gets annoying. Um and of course when you're dealing with inflation, uh even though some wages are going up, it's isn't covering some of the higher
4: costs that people are facing so susan so let's just say i'm on online and i want to buy a ticket to a concert and the the ticket is 150 dollars but the fees add up to about eight or nine dollars and i don't see that until the back end what you're saying this new rule would say if it's if if the ticket is 150 and the fees are eight dollars that it should be on the front end like the ticket is 158 dollars
3: that is what my interpretation is of what they were saying that they want this on the front end it sounded to me like they couldn't uh... and i don't think they can set prices for businesses but they certainly can make sure that they advertise um the correct prices um... and if it's a mandatory fee or it's not mandatory they have to disclose that you know can't be saying it's a mandatory fee when it's not Um so it prohibits the sellers from misrepresenting these fees um, and they are di- required to disclose the amount of the fee and its purpose up front, um, and they're also supposed to have to state whether that fees are refundable. And you know, in some fashion, I guess refundable meaning maybe if you don't get the money back or you know if you've got a loan or something you're applying for its an application fee would it be refundable um... that's what i'm assuming there but yeah, it's an interesting uh, proposition the consumer financial protection bureau has gone after the banks on overdraft fees and uh... you know it claims to have had some success there uh... you know a lot of people say oh you know i have enough i don't pay an overdraft fee but the problem is Some of these banks were charging twice, so, you know, or more than twice. You know, it was amazing how much in overdraft fees could be triggered. It wasn't just one fee, Um, it's a whole cascade of them.
5: Susan, when you talk about 3.2% cost of living adjustment, is that a real amount? Like, will that mean something to people? Can you put it in perspective?
3: Sure, sure. Um, Well, to many people, it means $50 extra a month or $58, depending on what you're. based on what you're receiving right now. And, uh, you know, in perspective, it's much higher than it's been an average in 20 years, but last year uh, it was an 8.7% bump because inflation was so incredibly hot. Um, So 8.7, much higher than 3.2. And, you know, going forward, uh, we may not see, you know, if they control inflation, we might not see these increases as much as well. Um, but then again, in that area, it's not a hidden fee. People know that sometimes their benefits can be taxable, and uh, the concern for many people is that the uh, more people are now going to pay taxes because of this um, inflation boost mm-hmm. because of the way um, the threshold, the income threshold, is the same. It's been the same since 1983 for triggering when uh, your um uh, Benefits will be taxable, and it's a combined income it includes half of your social security benefits it includes your adjusted gross income and it includes um it includes non uh tax exempt uh, interest you know and and things that you' add back in there and the threshold's actually pretty low um i mean considering uh in eighty three it was designed to you know maybe get after after some of the uh people who are better off but now if people are working part time jobs um it, more and more people are paying taxes on their social security benefits uh 40% uh according to social security are paying taxes on social security benefits mm-hmm. which is not a small group of people and uh i think that was a you know an older number i think it's going to be increasing at least the tax professionals say it will be increasing because you had uh more than a 5% bump in 2021 and eight pr- i'm sorry in 2022 and at 8.7% in 2023, and now uh, looking at 32 in 2024. And that all you know is, adds up. It adds up over time.
4: Susan, very quickly, because we've got to let you go, but it's been really a mixed bag of tea leaves thrown into the cup here in terms of determining whether or not the Fed is going to continue bumping up interest rates. Our CPI yesterday came in at 3.7%. When you look at the core measure, it fell from 43 to 4.1%. It seems we're making some progress. And, and yet, if you talk to folks that are, like I did this morning, buying gasoline and looking at a price of 367 it sure doesn't feel like we're winning. Do you have any insights based on what the feds are whispering about, the, the Federal Reserve, whether or not we'll see our debt costs increase yet again?
3: Well, I, it's this week, <laughs> they seem to be thinking the Fed won't be raising rates again. I mean, that's what some were saying. I mean, that's what it seems to be the buzz, but, uh, you know, we've got the situation in the Middle East, we've got oil prices here, uh, you know, other issues, uh, so it's it's just going to be touch and go, but yes, those prices aren't actually coming down, but the question is how much are they going up? Um, it's still sticky, according to, you know, many experts, you know, inflation is mm-hmm. sticky, and it can come back again. Um, so it, it's, it's tricky. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky situation. I think it's uh, I don't know. My personal thing is I think the Fed probably won't raise rates uh, again this year. I'm just going out there on a limb. I think they might be done. That's just my opinion, but you know, the opinions are changing regularly on that one.